Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in this morning, this Friday morning here on the East Coast. It is 10 a.m. and I'm recording this 11 a.m. when you're listening to it. When we return from the break today, we're going to be talking about how Manchin will be voting yes to confirm the radical justice or radical judge, Ken John C. Brown Jackson. California drivers may get $400 rebates to offset soaring gas costs, and a college newspaper retracts a news story for quoting too many white students to prevent further harm. But first, Joe Biden reassures the world that he's been dealing with foreign policy for longer than anyone that's been involved in this process right now. Uh, I'm going to play a clip. No, that's not how I think of this. I've been dealing with foreign policy for longer than anybody that's involved in this process right now. He's right. He's been in politics for how many years now? Um, 40-something, 50-something, 60-something? And he's been dealing with foreign policy for longer than anyone else right now because he's the oldest person in our federal government, probably sans Dr. Fauci. I don't know how old Fauci is. He is the world's foremost and longest-serving foreign policy expert, according to this article from Twitchy. And he's never once even said that sanctions would deter Vladimir Putin. The foreign policy expertise lie is bad enough on its face, but if you take a minute to think about what he's actually saying when he makes that ridiculous assertion, it gets so much worse. Is this supposed to make us trust him more? Feel more confident in in his diplomatic and leadership abilities? Because if that's what he's going for, he missed it by several million miles. And I'm going to give this to Joe. Joe Biden is not wrong. He is the he has been dealing with foreign policy for longer than anyone. Right. I mean, he he's right there. But what he's wrong about is that he's good at it. He has never once gotten a foreign policy decision correct in his entire career. Most notably, he opposed the raid to kill Osama bin Laden. He failed the foreign policy withdrawal from Afghanistan, and now this. Never in his career has Joe Biden been successful on a foreign policy move. He has been more, he's been on the wrong side. If someone says, if Joe Biden says to do something, someone should do the opposite. That's what the Biden-Obama administration in 2008 learned, was that if Joe said to do something, do the opposite. Because Joe Biden is so bad at foreign policy, he flunders everything he tries to do. I mean, he's not wrong. He has been doing foreign policy for longer than anyone. He is wrong with being successful at it. Joe Biden is not the kind of person you look to as a a proud example for leading in foreign policy, being a proud diplomat. He's not the person you look for for that because he's not successful at that ever. He's never made a correct decision. He's not good at foreign policy, and he's bragging that he's been in it long enough, for longer than anyone else, and yet he's still so bad at it. He is still so terrible at foreign policy because he has such an ego, and I know people are going to say, oh, but Trump had an ego. Trump's ego wasn't that criminalizing as Biden's. And I love the take. I love the take. I was in a, uh, I was reading through Twitter, and it was like, Trump is a Putin puppet, and we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Trump is a Putin puppet, and um, Putin's the reason Trump was elected, and, and, and Trump loves Putin, and this and that, and Putin loves Trump. If Trump was working for Putin, why would Putin have waited until Trump was out of office to invade? 
Why was Trump waiting? And why did he wait so long to invade? I, I, I'm, I'm really con- confused, and I, ha- I have yet to get an answer from anyone, from any liberal on social media, from anyone who listened to the show. If Putin is a fan, or if Putin loved Trump, he would have presumably thought it would be easier to invade under his watch. Right? That, that That's how I take that. So why did he wait until just now to invade? Why did he wait until today to invade? Or not today, but th- this time period. And I'm going to play a clip that kind of agrees with me on this. So I'm going to play a clip. Under Bush, Russia invaded Georgia. Under Obama, Russia took Crimea. Under Biden, Russia invaded Ukraine. I stand as the only president of the 21st century on whose watch Russia did not invade another country. And that is absolutely correct. President Trump, as I posted three weeks ago on my social media, is the peace president. He's the only president in the 21st century to not have to respond to a Putin invasion. So the only logistical answer to... Well, Trump loves Putin, Putin loves Trump, and that's why he waited to invade, is that he wanted to boost his poll numbers and not have to have him face a war. I don't know much about Putin. I don't know Putin personally. I'm not a friend of Putin. Although some may call me Russian disinformation, I'm not from Russia. I've never been involved in Russia. I've never been in contact with Russia. But the only way that Putin will be benefiting benefiting Trump, I'm sorry, is if he was to avoid invasion to boost his poll numbers. And obviously that didn't work. Um, Trump obviously wasn't reelected, whether it was fair or not. So I, I don't think that the, the Trump-Putin loyalty is as tight as it was, and that's not really, really where I wanted to go with this, but that's just where it went. But just remember that Joe Biden is the best at foreign policy, says no one ever. And while we're on the topic of Trump and Russia... Donald Trump sues Hillary Clinton and other Democrats who accuse alleged Russian collusion, according to the Daily Caller. Pardon me. Former President Donald Trump fought a lawsuit Thursday against former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and the Democratic National Convention for spreading malicious accusations that a 2016 campaign colluded with Russia. The 108-paged suit alleges that the Clinton campaign and the DNC coordinated with two senior partners at Perkins uh, Coy Law Firm, Mark Eilis and Michael Sussman, to weave a false narrative that the former president colluded with a foreign nation to, in order to vilify their political opponent. Seeking to thwart the Trump campaign and to diminish the likelihood of him winning the election, the Clinton campaign and the DMC devised a nefarious scheme to discredit, delegitimize, and defame him by proliferating a false narrative that Donald Trump and his campaign were actively colluding with Russia to interfere with the 2016 presidential election. Trump is seeking $24 million in damages along with legal fees and other expenses, the suit says. The court consists of 28 defendants, including National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan and former British intelligence officer Christopher Steele. Trump believes they have been hired by the Clinton campaign and the DNC to leak, link Trump's campaign to Russia. The suit alleges that the defendants violated the Racketeer Influence and Corruption Act, RICO Act, which establishes prohibitions and sanctions for those engaged in organized crime. The suit also alleges the Steele dossier is riddled with misstatements, misrepresentations, and of and most of all, flat-out lies. The allegation led to a two-year investigation by former special counsel Robert Mueller, which found no inves- in evidence or collusion that the Trump engaged in any kind of cons- criminal conspiracy. 
Okay, I don't think they're good. I, I I don't think they're getting them far enough. These are good charges. Um, linking his campaign to Russia is a crime, but also they committed defamation, which I don't know if defamation applies to political figures, but let's just go with it. They committed defamation. They spied on a sitting president, which is treason. They tried to overthrow a legitimate election in 2016, claiming that it was because of Russia. And and if that, if what happened with President Trump in 2020 is considered insurrection, so is that. So insurrection. How many other charges can we add on, on to this? I mean, look at it. Look, look at how they painted Trump in, in such a negative light. Look how they painted him so terribly when he was a great president. They just didn't like him politically, so they they... they framed him for the problems they had now. And Trump shouldn't stand for it. I'm glad he's suing. I'm glad there are so many defendants. He's getting it all wiped out in, in one in one go. Uh, go, President Trump. I will be following this case for you as it develops here on the Conservative Crusader. And, and, and you know that we have to... We have to stand up for this somehow. If we don't stand up for law and order in these personal cases with President Trump... Or with anyone, any any other patriots. What are we going to do? When will we, when will we decide to stand up? Because President Trump cannot be the only one that this has happened to. Uh, political prosecution in the case with Kyle Rittenhouse is coming, right? Uh, the defamation cases. It, it, it um, I really don't know what to say besides the fact that we need to stand up for. Law and order, and this includes law and order with with Hillary Clinton with the Clinton Foundation. Don't be afraid to speak up against political corruption. Of course, the corruption going on in the um, in the Hillary Clinton verse, we we know that for sure. And more, you know, we we need to we need to stand up and, and we need to fight this. We need to fight for Trump, fight for this lawsuit to be successful, and fight for. Against all political corruption, not for, but all, against all political corruption, we need to stand up. We need to fight, and we can win. We are the silent majority. We need to be the loud majority. The loud majority is louder than ever, but, you know, we need to stand up. We need to fight. We need to win. One more time before we go to break, I'm going to tell you about what we're going to be talking about next. Mansion is a yes vote for KBJ. California drivers may get $400 rebates for to offset soaring gas costs. And a college newspaper retracts news story for quoting too many white students to prevent further harm. Uh, make sure you follow me on Gab. It is at GOP Josh. Getter at GOP Josh. True Social at GOP Josh. Twitter at GOP Josh 20. Instagram at GOP Josh 20. And go to my Substack. It's GOP Josh.substack.com. GOP Josh.substack.com. I'll be posting some awesome articles over there. They're on my Substack. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. We'll be right back after this when we return here on the Conservative Crusader. Senators have a constitutional obligation to advise and consent on a nominee to fill a Supreme Court vacancy, and this is a responsibility I take very seriously. 
Just as I have met with previous Supreme Court nominees, I met with Judge Jackson and evaluated her qualifications to be a Supreme Court justice. After meeting with her, considering her record, and closely monitoring her testimony and questioning before the Senate Judiciary Committee this week, I have determined I intend to vote for her nomination to serve on the Supreme Court. That is a quote from Senator Joe Manchin from West Virginia, which means he is unfortunately going to vote for the nomination of radical pro-pedophilia justice Ken John C. Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court. My name is J.P. Josh. This is a conservative crusader. Thank you for tuning in. And he says that he looked at her record. And he watched the hearings. I don't believe so. I, I don't believe that. Had he watched the hearings, he says he's 100% pro-life. He, he has said that multiple times on the record. And if he would have watched the hearings, he would have heard the clip like from Senator uh, John Kennedy uh, with this clip. When, uh, when does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. <laughs> Ma'am? I don't know. Do you have I, a I belief? I have um, personal religious and otherwise beliefs that have nothing to do with the law in terms of when life begins. Do you, do you have a personal belief, though, about when life begins? I have a religious view. Religious belief? That I set aside when I am ruling on cases. Okay. When, 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 does, uh, when does equal protection of the laws attach to a, to a human being? Well, Senator, um, I believe that the Supreme Court— um, actually, I, I actually don't know the answer to that question. I'm sorry. I don't. Okay. Had he watched the record, had he watched the hearings, he would have seen that she— does not know when life begins, which is supposedly a value he holds very near and dear, being pro-life. That's what Manchin has said on the record. He would have also heard where she doesn't know what a woman is. I'll, I'll play that clip as well. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Uh, can you there there it is she, she's not a biologist and, and and had he heard the hearing he would have known that she is weak on pedophilia and she's okay with you getting off scot-free if you watch a child getting raped for 15 minutes in comes the internet on the internet with one click you can receive you can distribute tens of thousands You can be doing this for 15 minutes and all of a sudden you are looking at 30, 40, 50 years in prison. Good. Good. I understand. Absolutely good. I hope you are. Good. Allow her to finish, please. I hope you go to jail for 50 years. If you're on the Internet trolling for images of children and sexual exploitation. So you don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's a horrible thing. With the witness said and she should be allowed. In comes the There's inter- that clip as well. So, so she is not a, a good justice. She is not a, a even decent justice, to be honest. She is a partisan, explicitly partisan justice. Let me see if I can play this clip here. It's like two minutes long. I, I haven't actually heard this one yet, but it's supposedly her, her not saying that she doesn't like court packing uh, 
both Breyer and um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that they do not like court packing. So here's a two-minute clip. I want to play that as well. Which has come up to my surprise, and I've spoken to my Republican colleagues about their fascination with it, is the notion of the composition of the Supreme Court, which euphemistically is referred to as court packing. I have said on the floor, and I will repeat here, uh, there is exactly one living senator who has effectively changed the size of the Supreme Court. That was the Republican This is Dick Durbin talking, if you can't tell. Who shrank the court to eight seats for nearly a year in 2016 when he blocked President Obama's nomination of Merrick Garland. Now, that question on court packing was posed to Amy Coney Barrett, justice in the court, when she appeared before this committee. She was asked about it. She said, and I quote, could not opine on it. And on many other policy issues, then Judge Barrett said repeatedly she could not share her views, stating, and I quote, I will not express a view on a matter of public policy, especially one that is politically controversial, because that is inconsistent with the judicial role. I do believe we should have rules and traditions and precedents, but we shouldn't have a separate set of rules for Republican nominees and Democratic nominees. So, Judge Jackson, if a senator were to ask you today about proposals about changing the current size of the Supreme Court, what would your response be? Senator, I agree with Justice Barrett in her um, her response to that question when she was asked before this committee. Again, my um, North Star is the consideration of the proper role of a judge in our constitutional scheme. And in my view, judges should not be speaking in to political issues um, and certainly not a nominee for uh, a, a position on the Supreme Court. So I agree with, with Justice Barrett. So I disagree with Justice Barrett. Oh, there's a there's an ad playing. Thanks today for having your terrible video player. I I, I disagree with Amy Comey Barrett there, and I also disagree with KBJ for failing to answer a question that RBJ answered. That uh, not Garland, that Breyer answered, and they both oppose court packing. And this is the reason that Senator uh, McConnell has said that he is opposing her nomination. I don't think this should be the only reason, but here is her clip according to recount, or not her clip, but here is Senator McConnell's clip here on Twitter. The Judiciary Committee has completed its hearing for Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson. I enjoyed meeting the nominee. I went into the Senate's process with an open mind, but after studying the nominee's record and watching her performance this week, I cannot and will not support Judge Jackson for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. First, Judge Jackson refuses to reject the fringe position that Democrats should try to pack the Supreme Court. Justice Ginsburg and Justice Breyer had no problem denouncing this unpopular view and defending their institution. That is I McConnell. This would be an easy softball for Judge Jackson, but it wasn't. That is McConnell on the floor of the Senate yesterday, I believe. 
And people are saying, oh, this is a great McConnell W. This is a Mansion L. No, it's not a win. Being a standard partisan in the Senate, standing against a radical person you disagree with should not be a W. It should be an average stance. It shouldn't be a win. But we're going to move on because we do have a couple more stories to get to that I'm going to laugh at. And I I, want to laugh today. College newspaper retracts his story for quoting too many white students to prevent further harm. The student newspaper at Vassar College in upstate New York retracted a news story because the article contained too many quotations from white students. (laughs) Vassar College announced on February that Jay Johnson, Secretary of Homeland Security for the Obama administration, would speak at school's uh, commencement ceremony this spring. One week after the announcement, Johnson withdrew from speaking at the spring graduation because students expressed outrage over immigration policies enacted during the Obama administration, such as detaining migrants inside detention centers at the southern U.S. border. The student newspaper said, uh, revealed Wednesday that students' editors removed a February 17th news story uh, detailing Johnson's commitment speaker invitation and subsequent withdrawal. The problem? The story quoted too many white students. The newspaper explained that editors initially planned for their story to focus on student outrage over Johnson's invitation as commencement speaker, but because Johnson withdrew from speaking before the story was published, editors refocused the story to cover the latest development and quoted student reactions. In, prior- in prioritizing urgency over thoughtful or thoroughness, we made misguided and insensitive oversights with whom we were representing in the article and failed to provide in-depth reporting of the issue at large. The majority of our quotations came from white students, and therefore we reduced the position of students of color to a singular, tokenized perspective. After this was brought to our attention, the paper decided to remove the article online in an attempt to further harm, to prevent further harm among the communities we misrepresented. What, what, what paper is this? I'm trying to find that out. Vassar College. Let, let's see Vassar College, right? Well, let's Google it. I'm actually going to go to Google.com. It is a private liberal arts college. $26,000 cost. With a 25% acceptance rate, so it's very um, hard to get into. It's in Powell Keeps, New York. So let, let, let's see the the racial makeup for, for the for the city, will we? It is a 46-36 uh, white African-American ratio. So it's a pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Diverse city. So it shouldn't have been hard to get the quotations they needed, but they, they chose to interview white students. And because they released a story that they say tokenized a person of color, a, a minority, they removed the story. I don't think they realized the party they're working for, which is the, which is the Democratic Party, by the way. That, that's exactly what they're working for. I don't think they realized that that's all the Democratic Party does is capitalize on racial demographics. Let's see the election results in this city, if I can find them. Yeah, they voted for Biden by like 20,000 votes almost. As do most college cities, but it's plainly partisan. It didn't fit their narrative, so they had to withdraw the statement, withdraw the story. But but one more story today, another story to laugh at. California drivers may be getting $400 rebates to offset soaring gas costs. Turns out when your policies are unpo- unpopular, when your policies don't work, you have to find a solution. California Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled Wednesday that his gas rebate plan could siphon $400 to Golden State drivers as pi- prices at the pump sort of wallet busting new heights. Newsom said drivers feeling the pinch would get debit cards at the state average hit 588 per gallon, 
with some Los Angeles neighborhoods charging more than $7 per gallon. Now, Director Leaf will address the issue that we are all struggling to address, and that issue is the, uh, is the issue of gas prices. Uh, Newsom first introduced his gas rebate plan earlier this month during his State of the State address, but on Wednesday he revealed $9 billion of the proposed $11 billion in spending would go directly to drivers. I have an idea. Gavin Newsom, work with your aunt, Nancy Pelosi. Work with Joe Biden, your best friend. Work with Kamala Harris, your former attorney general in your state and your former senator in the state. Work with them to fix the actual problem. A one-time solution to help drivers pay for gas is not going to solve the problem. And I, I'm laughing kind of inside because it, it, it's always addressed the the. Find a solution, not address the actual problem. Find a temporary solution, not address the actual problem. And, and that's what the Democratic Party, that's what Gavin Newsom is doing here. It's a shame. It's truly a shame that, that that's the plan. That That's how they're planning on moving forward. It's, it's sad. It's disappointing. But I'm not surprised. Make sure you follow me on social media. Gab, Telegram, Getter, uh, Truth Social at GOP Josh. Twitter is uh, GOP Josh 20. Instagram, GOP Josh 20. And we will be back on Monday with a brand new episode. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned. (laughs) 